series that we have uh, started a few weeks back called Obsessively Give Generosity. And it's uh, generously. You got me. Thank you. Thank you for helping me preach this morning. And I'm just getting started. So I, I guess I'm going to need a lot of help this morning. Thank you. I feel the love. I feel the support too. Uh, obsessively give generously. And uh, it's a series of series that we're doing this year. Uh, in Honestly, my heart is that we would become fully committed disciples. It's become a part of my prayer in uh, my daily prayer time that God would help us to uh, be made into the disciples that he has designed and desired for us to be. And that's been my daily prayer. As I've gotten into scripture, I begin to see that there's a difference between believing and becoming. And, uh, and believing gets you into the kingdom of God, but once you get into the kingdom of God, he wants you to become who he's desired and designed us to be. And so that's a process. It's not an overnight thing. It's not a, a, a thing that we need to be condemned about. Some people have stalled out and some people have been stalled out for a long time in, in their life. And not because they intentionally stalled out. Uh, it's because they just didn't know any better. They thought they were doing fine. Have you ever Have you ever been going through life and it seems like you're doing good until... You get around somebody else that is doing much better, and you're you're thinking, "Wow, I didn't realize that I could I could I could do that too." Iron sharpens iron. We get better. He who walks with the wise will be wise. So we get better the more that we get around truth, the Word of God, and so we're unveiling the Word. So that we can see who he's intended for us to be. Not to put a bunch of rules and regulations on our life. But so that we can just be better fit for the master's use. And because our times, uh, it's short. I just mentioned a while ago we're in uh, mid-March. And we got here very, very fast. It just seems like we were just turning the calendar into 2019. And here we are where we are. And uh, so times, it's, it's moving pretty fast, and I'm very aware of that. And so uh, I, he wants to use us in a very mighty way. Amen. I'm really excited because I really believe that we as a church, that he's accelerating that. I, I know that there's a number of people gone because of spring break and, and that type of thing. But uh, all in all, God's doing something marvelous here. And I'm glad to be a part of that. And I'm glad that you're here today and that we get to uh, worship God together. Uh, and so, so we've been looking at some traits. What does it mean to become a disciple? Well, to become a disciple, I believe we need to be obsessive about being generous. And, and I use the word obsessive because I believe that uh, that's what we need to be focused on. The word obsessive here means to be focused or to be actually a little, a little radical about being generous. Uh, really, honestly, a lot radical about being generous. 
And, and so that's what we want to do. We want to be obsessive about it. We want to be, it wants, I want us to be focused on that because we see that he is obsessive. He is focused on generosity. God so loved the world that, man, I'm telling you, he gave his best. And he continues to give his best for us. And we're to reflect him here on this earth. How many of you agree with that? Okay. So today I want to talk to you about a, a disciple's participation. Uh, we started out this series uh, in uh, last week talking about a disciple's perspective. That uh, if we're going to be if we're going to be generous in and on the level that he wants us to be, then we've got to have the right perspective. And otherwise, if we don't have the perspective that he wants us to have, then we're going to fall short. And so it it, it takes having the right perspective first. And then participation. He wants us to be engaged. He wants us to be a, a functioning part of generosity. Amen? Amen? He wants us to be participating. He wants us to be a part of the solution, a part of the miracle, a part of making things happen here on this earth. And generosity makes that happen. And so Matthew chapter 28 uh, we're going to begin in verse 18. It says, And then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. To me, I say every time I read that, it's just so comforting that anytime God asks us to do anything, he's there with us, not only supporting us, but backing us. Amen. And so it's, it's, it's cool. So he says that we're going to, uh, we're being commissioned to go make disciples. And uh, there's a difference between being, being, believing and, and being. And so he says, I want you to go uh, believing and, and, and making. And so he wants us to go make disciples. Uh, first of all, it starts, with, it starts out with believing that we need to come into a place of, of faith, right? And then we need to move on from there and grow in our, in our walk. So last week I ended, if you weren't here, I ended with two, two scriptures that I want to really begin with in this message. And then I'm going to pick up from there, and this is going to be some foundation for us and uh, in, for today's message. In uh, Luke chapter 9, it says this in verse 23, Then he said to, the, to, to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their crosses daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will save it. I, if, if that doesn't speak generosity, I don't know what does. Amen. He's saying, I want you to deny yourself. I want you to give up your life. Don't make life about you. You give up your life for me and for others. Amen. And if you'll do that, you're going to discover what true life is. But if you try to hold on to that life and be selfish with your life, you're going to lose it. You're, it, you're not going to be fulfilled in your life. And so he's, he says to be a true follower or a disciple of Christ, we need to understand generosity. And then I love what Proverbs says 
And this was the scripture that I gave at the close. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 and 25, out of the Message Bible, it says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And then it goes on to say this, The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed, and those who help others are helped. So can't you see that our, our, our world expands through generosity? When we get stingy and we get selfish with our life, see, life becomes about us. How small is that? But when we get generous, we're thinking about touching the world. We're talking about impacting the world. That's why we need to give our lives away. It needs not to be about us because our world gets small when it's just about us. So I want to make a, a, a statement here that I, I, I just want to lead with, and it's this. Participating in generosity isn't just a doctrine we believe, but it is, it is a life that we live. It is a life that we live. This becomes a way of, of, of life. It's a lifestyle that we live. It's not just a belief system. And honestly, there's a lot of people believe that generosity is God's way and it's an important way, but they're not living it. So it's more than a doctrine that we believe. It's a, it's a, it's a life that we live. Philippians is what we're going to be looking at today. We're going to be looking at a, a number of different uh, scriptures and, and this is, this is Paul. He's talking about the, the uh, generosity of the uh, the the Philippian church and in supporting his ministry and the impact that it made and that's what we're going to be looking at today and so I'm going to take you to Philippians 4 verse 10 we're going to look at verse 10 initially and it says my heart overflows with joy when I think of how you showed your love to me by your financial support of my ministry for even though you have so little you still continue to help me in every opportunity now I want you to hone in on that word opportunity because I want you to understand something about generosity and it's this in this statement I'm going to make participating in generosity is a life of opportunities participating in generosity is a life of opportunities it provides it makes it it it, it creates opportunities for God to do amazing things through our generosity. When we're generous with our lives, we're able to make a difference through our lives. It, it, it creates opportunities. I want you to get a different perspective going back to last week's message. You've got to get a little, you've got to get a different perspective about generosity. God's not trying to take something from you. He's honestly trying to do something through you and then eventually get something back to you. Generosity is not a, it's not a curse. There's some people that teach, and I, I think I alluded to this last week. There's people that think that tithing is a curse. It's not a curse. It is a blessing. Generosity above the tithe, because I believe generosity starts beyond the tithe. I believe generosity is a, is a blessing across the board. It's an opportunity for God to do some amazing things in and through our life. And I've seen that happen with my wife and I, through our church, so through different people that I see that are generous. And I want you to get your expector out. And maybe you're, you've not been there. 
But you need to start taking some steps to get there. Be generous with your life. Start there. Start giving away your life. Every chance you get, help somebody. Give something to somebody. Give your time. Give your energy. Give your love. Oh my gosh, show love. People need it. And so be generous. It's, it, it, it creates opportunities. So I want to talk about those opportunities out of Philippians that we see taking, transpiring and taking place. And so let's talk about a disciple's participation. Number one, first of all, participating in generosity is an opportunity for uncapping ministry. What do I mean by that? Back to Philippians 4.10, it says, My heart overflows with joy when I think of how you showed your love to me by your financial support for my ministry. Notice that it uncapped it, it took the lid off of ministry so that Paul can minister in a, in a greater capacity. Many times we don't realize when we support the advancing of the kingdom of God that you're lifting lids for more to be done. More to take place. Many times, one of the biggest hindrances in many churches, if not most churches, is that there's a lid on that church because of the financial strain that it's under. Generosity causes that cap to be removed, that lid to be removed, so that more can be done for the kingdom of God. What I want to do now is I heard a story this this, uh, past week. And it's, it's about six minutes long. I was like, should I show it? Yeah. It's such a great story of how generosity uncapped and, and lifted the lid in a local church through ministry. And I, honestly, it started with their generosity and them being generous. As a church, we're, we're generous. We take at least 10% off the top. It's much more typically throughout the year that we give back out in the community, in the, in the nation, in the nations of the world. And so we tithe it back out as a church. And we practice generosity even beyond that. But I, wanna, I want you to hear this story. Uh, this guy, he's, uh, he was uh, a part of our marriage conference. He was the MC, and he's also a pastor. His name's Tim Ross. And so let's show this video and, and, Just and listen to it. one point that I want you to have about Jesus. Here it is. Do whatever he says. Just do whatever. Do whatever he says. I I love what Jesus says. Jesus says, hey, listen, the poor you're going to have with you always. But but, but I'm not going to be with you always. Here's what Jesus is saying. Hey, hey, listen, I'm not saying uh, 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 that, that you should ignore the plight of the poor. What I'm saying is there's not a lot of opportunities that you have to do something as extravagant as the opportunity that you have in front of you. If you want to write down a statement, here's, here's what I really feel like Jesus' strongest, strongest implication was. You'll always have an opportunity to do that, but you won't always have an opportunity to do this. You're always going to have opportunity to be a blessing to somebody. You're always going to have an opportunity to give to the poor. You're always going to have an opportunity to give to a charitable organization. But there's not many opportunities 
like the opportunities we have at Gateway Church to give extravagantly and it impact the entire world. Literally, the world. Abroad and at home, what gets done here affects people everywhere. And that includes me. September of 2015, uh, Pastor Robert and the elders uh, richly blessed us and sent us out to plant Embassy City Church. Nine minutes down, 114, on the other side of the airport, so that we could reach that community. Uh, we had quickly grown to about 550 people uh, at the church. Uh, in the first four or five months, uh, but we were, we were meeting, uh, we, we were uh, spending $20,000 a month to meet one day a week. And we knew we had to change some stuff. And so there was a church that was about three miles from the high school that we had started the church in, and uh, we asked them, could we, could we use their facility on a, on a day and a time that they weren't using it? So they allowed us to use their facility uh, on Saturdays at 5 p.m. So we went from about 550 people, adults and kids, uh, uh, through March of 2016. But that first uh, weekend in 20, uh, the first weekend in April of, of 2016, when we went to Saturdays, we had 200 people that left our church. And for the next eight months, uh, our, our, our average adult attendance was about 250 adults. But these people didn't just double down, they tripled down in their giving. So much so that we were able to give uh, in 2016 with eight of those 12 months being on Saturdays with an adult attendance of 250 people, we were able to give away as a church $253,000 to people that were in need, to other churches, and to expand the kingdom of God. That's miraculous from 250 people. The place that we uh, uh, were releasing from, the church that we were releasing from six months later, from the time we moved in, uh, 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 could not keep the building. So they came to us and they said, uh, uh, listen, we can't keep the building, but we would love to keep this building in the kingdom. Maybe you can make a run at it. Uh, they, they approached us with this offer the week of our one-year anniversary. We were a one-year-old church. No S behind it. Year. Okay? I said, well, we don't have any money to do that, and I guess we're going to have to go back to the high school. So I came back uh, to an elders meeting uh, the third week of September, and I said, hey, I just wanted to give you all an update on the church. Everything's going well, but we're going to have to move out uh, of the place that we've been leasing because um, uh, they're going into foreclosure and we can't afford it, and so we're going to go back to the high school. And in that elders meeting, Pastor Robert looks at me and he goes, do you want that building? And so I said, um, I do feel like God gave me a word that he was going to give us the building, but I don't know how he's going to do it, so we're just going to go back to the high school until we can figure it out. And he goes, okay. He said, uh, can you please recuse yourself from this meeting, please? And I thought, what did I say? 
I'm just trying to have faith. So I walk out of the room, and I'm out of the room for about 15 minutes. Then they call me back in. When they call me back in, uh, uh, I sit down, and, and, and Pastor Robert looks at me, and he goes, well, Tim, you know how he is, very matter-of-fact, buddy, we love you, and you're our son, you're our spiritual son, and you moved out of dad's house, and you, 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 you found yourself an apartment. I'm like, where is this going? He said, but you found yourself a nice starter home, but you don't have enough money uh, uh, to purchase it, and you don't have enough money for a down payment, so the elders and I are in agreement. We're just going to buy the building for you. And they gave me $2.5 million to go purchase the building that we are currently in. I I, I, I just want to let you know, Our little church had given $253,000, and God gave it back to us 100-fold by giving us $2.5 million. And through that extravagant gift, we were able to anchor ourselves in this community and provide healing and restoration in the city of Irving. I'm telling you, giving is living. Isn't that awesome? Generosity uncaps ministry. Secondly, we see from Philippians that generosity, participating in generosity, it's an opportunity for changing destiny. Uh, Philippians 4, which we're going to look at verse 14 through 16, it says, you You've so graciously provided for my essential needs during this season of difficulty. For I want you to know that the Philippian church was the only church that supported me in the beginning as I went out to preach the gospel. You were the only church that sowed into me financially. And when I was in Thessalonica, and that's a hard one for me, you supported me far, for, for well over a year. And as I was thinking about this, I was thinking, you know, he he's a church planner. He went out and church planted and lots of people were saved. Lots of uh, lives changed and, um, and, you know, just all kinds of, of, of people were reached, just reached because, because of this. And, and let me tell you what happens when people are reached with the gospel. Let me tell you what takes place and what transpires. Destiny changes. And I, I know that some of you have heard my story, but my story is, is a story of, of an altered destiny. My life was in a, in, a, in a path towards destruction. And there is no telling where it would be today if it would even be here on this earth. Yes, I was an alcoholic. Yes, I was a sinner. Yes, you know, all those different things. But when God came in and he revealed himself to me, he invited me into his family. And his family is a, is a family business. And he says, I want you to be a part of this family business called the church. And it altered my it altered my destiny forever. 
Not only did he deliver me and set me free from alcohol and nicotine, but mainly he delivered me from sin. Doesn't mean that I can't, doesn't mean that I'm not tempted from time to time. But he's delivered me, he altered my destiny. And as a result, I'm here with you today. Instead in a a grave or, or wherever. I get to be here with you today. An altered destiny. I'm conflicted here. Ram, would you come on up, sir? Grab me a mic, please. Ram. He he didn't know I was going to call him up. (laughs) Just quickly, two minutes, all right? Can you do that? Sure. (laughs) Just share a nugget of your testimony where God's brought you from to where you are today in loving and serving Jesus. Just in a couple of minutes and we'll... Yes. Okay. Um, my name is Brother Ram, and I was a former SK member for the Mexican Mafia. I was an 18 out of Compton, California. Wind up in prison, gave me 65 years in prison. God used that to humble myself and brought me to his road. And... Um, it was hard to deal with that, but God reduced that sentence down to a 20-year sentence. I had to do 14 years in prison, and uh, he used all that to convert me to serve him. Even though, you know, they, they threatened me, they did whatever. You know, God had told me already ahead of time that this thing was going to happen. It was just for me to, to make up that mind, that choice to receive him, believe in him, trust in him. So he converted me. He used Isaiah 55:11. You know that every word that he speaks speaks to my heart, gives me life. His word will now return void to him. He will finish and accomplish the way he started. That's why I'm standing here today in his presence. I love him. I love Pastor Mervin here. I love the family here, and I enjoyed it. I'm not leaving this until God says I'm leaving. Amen. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Thank you. Destiny altered because I'm going to possibly use it again. It might be you (laughs) because I did not forewarn anybody. Okay. But just know destiny is altered. Thirdly, a disciple's participation, participating in generosity is an opportunity for greater blessing. Chapter 4, verse 17, I mentioned this not because I'm requesting a gift, but so that the fruit of your generosity may bring you an abundant reward. So participating in generosity also is an opportunity for greater blessing so that you could be a greater blessing. Can you see that? And, uh, and so I'm not going to be, uh, belabor that uh, point because that's not the purpose for this whole series. This whole series is just to position us in in that place where we need to be the disciples that God wants us to be. He wants us to not be participating to see what we can get. I believe that that message can be used selfishly and we get right back into a place of selfishness with that message. Okay? Yeah, God does bless. He does uh, prosper those that, that give. 
but we give because we truly want to see the kingdom of God advance. We truly do want to see people's lives change. We truly do want to see what God wants done in, the, in his will done in the lives of people. Amen? You got it? You good with me? Okay, so let me give you the, the fourth uh, thought here. And I'll, I'll close with this. Participating in generosity is an opportunity for, get this, glorifying God. Ultimately... We want to see God glorified through our lives. And as we're generous, we get to see God work. When we're generous, we get to provide an opportunity for lives to be changed and and people to experience life on a different level. To experience real life. Real life. Real life. Amen? And so let me give you Philippians chapter 4, a couple of scriptures here. Verse 18, we'll start there. Now I have all... I, I have all that I need, more than enough. I'm abundantly satisfied. For I received the gift that you sent from Ephroditus and viewed it as a sweet sacrifice, perfume, with the fragrance of your faithfulness, which is pleasing to God. And in verse 20, get this. For, for God our Father will receive all the glory and the honor through eternity of eternities. Amen. Amen. Isn't that awesome? So we want God to be glorified. So let me let me call on somebody else. Miss Nancy? Yeah, I didn't warn you either. Come on up here. Come on up here, girl. Yeah, we do love you. Give her a hand. She's precious to me. Her sister's here, by the way. But uh, she's always giving God glory. And, uh, and, and she's always coming to me. And probably one of my greatest encouragers is her. And always encouraging me in the, in the, in the Lord. And uh, she's always making mention of how uh, grateful she is for our church. And the the life giving difference, and I what I hear out of that is the glory of God. Can you just give us a minute of, uh, of, and tell us uh, and give God glory for what He's done through this local body in your life? Do you have something that you can share off the top of your head and <laughs> throw you in the water and tell you to swim? Is what I do. Okay, all right. And so you're going to have to put that up so it's okay. on the recorder. Um, I hunted for a church for many, many years, and uh, the Lord led me to this church, praise the Lord, Uh, because he knew how much I needed you, and uh, I have to tell you, every Sunday I come here, I come to a feast, I don't always catch it right at first, But the minute I enter this door, I come to a feast. And what I feast on is you. Every one of you brings so much to the table. I don't think you uh, have any understanding of what potential and how impactful each and every one of you are. You know, uh, I have this maddening crush. You know what a crush is. In high school, how you just couldn't wait 
to see this person. Well, that's the way I feel about every one of you. And if you're not here on Sunday, I miss you. I miss you terrible because I have prepared to come see you. You know, and you make such a difference in my life. And I thank the good Lord for every one of you. Thank you so much. Let's give God glory. Amen. God, we love you. We thank you. We're thankful for all that you've done. Thank you, Lord God, for those that have impacted all of our lives, that we've come to know you because of their generosity. Thank you today that we're in your kingdom and part of your kingdom. And Lord, if there's those that are where they need to be with you today, that this is their day. This is their day. And God, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.